Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations. And if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcast, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and at any online book retailer you prefer. Check it out today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand, both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you're looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Kathy Caprino is an internationally recognized career and executive coach, writer, speaker, and leadership trainer dedicated to the advancement of women in business. A Finding Brave expert and podcaster, she helps women build careers of significance and reach their highest potential. Kathy is a former corporate VP and trained coach and marriage and family therapist, a senior Forbes contributor, and offers career consulting, executive, leadership and communications coaching and training, as well as keynotes and workshops. Kathy's newest book, The Most Powerful You, Seven Bravery Boosting Paths to Career Bliss is out now. Hi, Kathy. Hello, Ed. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Great. And thank you for being here. And I just want to tell our listeners that we're doing something today that I have never done in any of our podcast recordings, which is I am leaving the video on. <laughs> but now they're all going to clamor to have it. Well, they won't be able to get it because this is an audio only uh, distribution. But typically we go dark on the video because I believe uh, video can be distracting because people are uh, concerned about how they look. So we're going to break the boundaries of that topic and say in contact with one another. So thank you again for sharing some time with us. So happy to be here, Ed. Thank so you. I, I took a light stab at your background, and I know there's a lot more to you than I even mentioned. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's going on today and how you actively connect with the marketplace? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Um, do you mind if I, I can't even say what I do today without talking for a second, or it's probably about 10 seconds on what led me to this. Is that okay with you? That's perfectly fine. Absolutely. Okay. So I had an 18 year corporate career in marketing and publishing outside on the outside. It was successful on the inside. It was not successful. Bumpy, 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 but I didn't understand it. I didn't understand what was happening. I didn't have a frame framework to kind of navigate through it. And after nine 11 and this really brutal layoff, I became a marriage and family therapist which, you know, I'm so thankful every single day because it taught me things that just in the normal course of life, I don't, I never would have understood about how we develop, what gets in the way, what are our traumas, uh, you know, stages of development, the whole thing. But what I found is as I was doing therapy and studying coaching, when professional women would get on my calendar 
I would light up inside. It would be a good day. And I think part of that is they didn't have to open their mouth more than three minutes. And I was right. I understood every word of what they were going through. So I decided about 15 years ago, why don't we get serious here and focus on professional women's issues? And so for the past 15 years, I've worked with, you know, I would say it's true, thousands of people now through webinars, through training, through one-on-one coaching. And the focus has been, how do we help professional women overcome uh, the key challenges that so many women face today? And, uh, you know, per your topic, brave, being brave, how do we, you know, a, a few years ago, I pulled the lens back and said, what is going on here that so many of these women, no matter what country they're from, what socioeconomic level, what career, what industry, what field, how is it possible that they're bringing these same challenges over and over? Like I find that I'm saying the same thing over and over about why you have this, what the root of it might be, and how we overcome it. And so what I'm doing right now is helping both men and women, as we were talking about earlier, overcome what my research has shown are the seven damaging power gaps that 98% of women have. And when you have these, 75% have three or more. When you have these gaps, you simply cannot thrive at the highest level. Kind of just like your your framework of the driver and the passenger. You know, we're we're a passenger and it's not a fun ride. It's a it's a ride we never signed up for. So that's that. Well, thank you. And a couple of things in your story I just wanted to uh, go back to one is a common experience I think that exists for many people, which is regardless of how long their career is, uh, oftentimes it's a bumpy ride. You know, when I left uh, my last employer, Iron Mountain, where I was at for about 10 years, and this was following about 15 years in retailing, but after I left Iron Mountain, regardless of whether or not I thought I was successful, I felt very underaccomplished. So I didn't feel like I had done and accomplish what a business professional would want to accomplish so they could beat their chest and say, you know, look how much I've done. And that was one of the motivators to drive me to my own independent practice where I could be a little bit more selective on the work I did and complete that work right through a project and say, wow, we got that done. And so I'm just wondering, you went out and surveyed a a large number of people as evidence for your book. You know, did a lot of those people feel under accomplished or feel that their professional career was this bumpy ride. Gosh, I I can't wait to answer that, but can I ask you a question? I I don't hear that term underaccomplished. And that might even be a male construct. Can you tell me what that means to you? Do you mind? And and can you tell me what made you feel that? In other words, do you feel other people made you feel that that they compared you to them and they or their your bosses? I'd love to hear and then I'll love, I'll frame the answer. I'd love to hear. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a self-frame, so it's not a comparison to others. But when I look at what I had constructed for myself is how I would see myself as an accomplished human resources leader. And when I left Iron Mountain, I was the vice president of human resources for, you know, like a corporate entity. There are certain accomplishments that you want to look back on and say, you know, wow, what a great ride. In, you know, 2005, we did this. And in 2003, we did this. And in 2007, we did this. And, you know, these were all great accomplishments. I'm not suggesting there weren't things that we got done 
there were, but you know, every year for many years in January, the HR team would meet and we'd have this big offsite where we would talk about all the things that we wanted to get done that year. Of course, there were way more listed than ever possibly achievable. And but at the end of the year, we were completely off the list and we ended up getting kind of sucked into the business, which is okay. But you know, those things just did not get accomplished. And so my personal feeling was. Well, I loved my career at Iron Mountain. I loved the company. I loved the people I worked with. I loved the business model. I loved the story, everything. You know, I just felt underaccomplished. I felt that I didn't accomplish what I had hoped. So I hope that answers your question. Interesting. So I would say, and you know, I, I don't want to be just a sample of one. I want to correctly articulate what I'm hearing from thousands of women, but I would say that particular thing is not the biggest thing I hear from women who are unhappy, thwarted, suppressed, depressed. It's, you know, if I can make it really quick, the the seven gaps are around, I call, this is the framework. The antidote to those are brave sight, seeing yourself bravely, brave speak, being able to speak from power, from strength, from confidence, not fear, right? Brave ask being able to ask for what you want and what you deserve and get it. Brave connection, which is connecting not just with great mentors, which women know how to do, but connect with sponsors who are influential, who can open doors when you can't. Brave challenge, which is uh, saying stop to mistreatment to yourself and, and to others. Brave service, which is you know, the opposite is losing sight of the dream that you had for who you were going to be in the world. And women don't, I don't think they're talking about accomplishment. They're saying, well, let me give you the last one, brave healing. For for so many people, this is not just a female thing, but for so many women and men, when we are hurt by our boss, by a toxic colleague, by a narcissistic boss, uh, by a demeaning workplace, so many of us, and this is the therapist in me speaking, internalize that. It's trauma. It is serious trauma. And if you don't heal it and don't recognize it and don't move through it, it, it carries through in every job, in every career. So what, what I would say most women tell me who come for help is some people say, I don't know what I want, but it ain't this. They'll say that. Or they'll say, I want meaning. I want purpose. And, you know, I work with mid to high level professional women, which, which, you know, it's mid-career stuff. And I'm 60 now. And I can tell you what I've learned as a 60-year-old, I didn't have the same challenges when I was 30. When I was 30, I was hacking it out. Let me be the vice president. Let me make a lot of money. My 401k, my this, my that. And it's interesting. I felt very accomplished, but I wasn't happy. I wasn't well. I was chronically ill, exhausted. This is what women deal with. The other piece that I think COVID is bringing forward, and there's a lot of research on this, the impact of the pandemic is hitting women so much harder than men. So there's now also, I am so exhausted and I'm trying to, and my husband's great, my partner's great, but I am doing all of this. I'm working nonstop in a very hard job and I'm helping my kids remote school and I'm dealing with their anxieties and my anxieties and the election is coming up. And, you know, so those are the issues I think women deal with. Yeah. And, you know, I would say just as an observer and I'm not 
a scientist, nor have I done the research that you have done, but just as an observer, that I think men share many of those experiences. You know, as we're talking about this, and I'm thinking as you're talking about why do I feel underaccomplished? And, you know, that was 12 years ago. So a lot of time has gone by. And I certainly today feel way more accomplished in respect to things that I've achieved and have done. But, you know, part of it has to do with bravery. And, you know, as I think back on my 10 years at Iron Mountain, the stories I remember the quickest are the worst stories, the things that I didn't do or didn't say that I should have. And those were moments where bravery could have existed and didn't. And I think at that time, I was more of a passenger in my career, just riding along and making sure I didn't make waves and tried to keep all the important people happy versus saying, you know, I'd like to talk to you about what you've asked me to do. I'm uncomfortable doing it. And here's why. I never did that, right? And, uh, you know, there are a couple of things that I ended up doing that I was very uncomfortable doing, but I did them because I was a good soldier and they were all legal. So it wasn't anything mysterious, but, you know, I needed to, to do it. And so I think part of my under accomplishment feeling was that, you know, I don't look back and say, you know, what a brave leader I was that, you know, if anything came across my desk or across my career that I was uncomfortable with or, thought could be handled differently, I said something. And that's not always what wow. I can say today. And so what a what a vulnerable, self-aware individual. It's 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 amazing that you can, you know, in therapy we learn greater awareness equals greater choice. If you're not aware of what is hurting you, if you're not aware of how you're not proud of how you behaved, you can't change it. But you know what's interesting? When you say that, you know what came to mind? There were two times I I was brave. And I think people would read my book and say, wow, I didn't experience her as not brave because I can I can appear kind of strident and confident. Um, I remember one, to your point about being asked to do something you will not do. The most toxic job, job I had was the last two years. It was a, of my corporate career. It was a vice president job. And it was a very toxic environment. It had previously had the largest shareholder litigation in the history of America. Ha! Wow. Wow. And I came in, you know, they brought in a whole bunch of people. You're going to whip it into shape. Ha! But um, I remember that the president who brought me in, who I actually liked, said to me, the boss that you have, we are seeing he's not effective and we're going to remove him. But what we need is a case. And what I'd like you to do is basically report back to me on, basically, they wanted me to rat him out. And, you know, I didn't study this stuff. I was, you know, uh, so all I did was say, I'm not doing that. I said, I'm not doing that. I was 40. I'm proud of my saying that. And he got mad. What do you mean? And I remember getting, crying, tearing up. And I've written articles about, you know, why you don't want to cry because you, you're losing control. You're, I cry when I'm backed into a corner. So I got teary eyed and I said, listen to me. You know, he's not suited for this job and so do I, but I will not be used for you to fire him. I'll tell you how to find out. Give him a project that none of his vice, tell him you can't use any of your vice presidents. I want you to do this. And you will see very clearly that he's not capable, but I will not rat on the guy that hired me. Oh my God. Well, the president was furious. And another time I did a brave thing, the new president, 
who was a narcissist. Now I know what narcissistic personality disorder is. I of course didn't know that before I was a therapist, but um, he was, I thought he was really treating me unfairly. And I went to the, the new president and uh, the head of HR and they said, we hear you. We understand what you're talking about, but for us to have this in the records, the way we need to, you need to go to talk to him directly. You don't take on a narcissist directly. You're going to get hurt. Well, I did. And as he goes, I don't want to talk in the office. I want to smoke my cigarette and walk around the building. I'm like, I don't want to walk around the building having this conversation. Well, that's what we're doing. And I told him as as respectfully as I could that I didn't feel like he supported me in public um, in front of my team. He got so mad, Ed. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, he, he lost it, as narcissists will do. No accountability, cannot be challenged, no empathy, will not take responsibility and think they're above the rules. So let's put it this way. It didn't end so well. Um, So I think that in some ways, and, and can I talk about this for a minute? I think that in many cases, and, and again, this is not to bash men, not in the least. Some of my strongest supporters and sponsors have been men in my life. I'm not feeling bashed at all. Oh, good. Well, you might when I just say this. We live in a patriarchal world, especially in corporate America. It's dominated at the highest levels by men, patriarchy. And briefly, why I think women suffer from these gaps in different ways from men is that in a patriarchal society, what we do is split ourselves in half. And I learned all this from Terry Real, best-selling author, couples therapist, and he understands the patriarchal dynamic. So in a patriarchal world, there's a very rigid gender stereotype. And here's what it is, that men, masculine, strong, invulnerable, not emotional, dominant, gets it done. The feminine, and I'm saying it in quotes, soft, malleable, pleasing, accommodating, emotional, connecting. Well, when you have that kind of rigid stereotype, and and as Terry puts it, patriarchy is the water we swim in and we're the fish. You don't know you're swimming in it. So these rigid stereotypes get in even women against women. So for instance, our society, and there's a lot of research on this, punishes forceful women. So the thing that men, I think, don't tend to experience is if I'm forceful, I don't, you know, I'm in a meeting, I don't agree really with the direction we're going. There's such a deep unconscious bias against a forceful woman that men and women go to the place of she's a biatch, can't swear on your podcast, or, you know, I was once called a buzzsaw by a vice president. Boy, you're a buzzsaw. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And is that a good thing? (laughs) And he goes, yeah, you get it done. You get it done where no one else gets it done. Well, it's not a good thing. You don't want to be a buzzsaw because you leave body parts in, in your wake. So it's the patriarchal lens that I think can help both men and women understand what women are going through. That, for instance, gap number one is not recognizing your special talents, abilities, and gifts. Ed, it is remarkably hard to have a woman say, I'm great at this. They don't want to say it. And so I look at, I have something called a career path assessment that all my clients fill out. It's 11 pages of questions I wish someone had asked me. And some, and, and it's a look at every job you ever had, what you loved, what you hated, what you want to bring forward, the hardest struggle. And I will see very clearly what their talents are. But I'll say, what are your biggest talents? I don't know. Not sure. I think I'm okay at this. 
So on the call, I'll say, you don't, you know, they're working at the UN, they're epidemiologists, they're running radiology practices, they're management consultants making more than a million dollars. I'm like, you don't know what you're good at. I see it very clearly what you're good at. Well, you can't say that. And they're like, look, I know I'm okay. Yeah, I'm pretty good at it. But what I say, I'm great. No, I'm not sure. And what they're worried about is that someone will say they're bragging. We're going to pause in our conversation with Kathy and ask that you join us for our next broadcast, where we will continue to talk with Kathy Caprino about her view on bravery at work, both from her efforts as an executive coach and also with her psychological training and background. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week, and we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Apple, Google, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800 222 5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available everywhere online. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.